The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. CBS Sports Daily. NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's, uh, I don't know, who cares what day it is? It's a Brady Quinn football show. Pow, 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 pow. That's when you use the air horns, baby. That's right. That's Man, right. You have a crap ton of like first, but it's not even leather bound. There's some leather bound behind you. I, I keep, you know, people kept telling me, you're not going to like Brady. Terrible human being. You're just really. And, and, and every time it's just like amazing how classy you are. Like every, every Pete, spot you're in. Was the Pete the one telling you that? Yeah, it was Briscoe. So. Yeah, I figured. I figured. He's he's just upset because I'm beating him in picks this year. So. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Up high. Is, is every week I come in disappointed with my performance. <laughs> he's like, I had a great week. And I'm like, Pete, you, I beat you by right. how, how many times? So like you've worked with Pete for like five years, right? No. More, right? I mean, whatever it is. How many times have you heard him say, when the leaves turn brown, I wear the league crown. It's like this is you sound like a schoolboy. What are you doing with that? He all, it's always revisionist history, too. And and, and, and he like never my, wins. He never wins. My favorite thing about Pete is he uses these Peteisms, right? And and I'll actually use them just to humor him or just to play to our pick show. But he'll use the back-to-back road games. He'll bring out quarterback scales to make it <laughs> he'll um what will he be? Um, oh, there's no fire in the belly. Like, there's all these catchphrases. It's ridiculous. But like he, he, like the thing about Pete is, it's really, really hard to oh change God. his I mind. Just your books are fake. I just realized your books are fake. It's, it's a virtual background. Yeah. Well, welcome to the 21st century, Will. Wow, that's a really um, good fake background. Thank you. But I look like Yoda. The way that like lighting is with the fake background. Yeah. No, it's no, really no. Weird. Like it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. I didn't notice until you turned. And like it did the little blur thing. I I was like, I was like, why does Brady have this gigantic room of books? I know he's never read. It is oh, house he's podcasted from. No offense. I actually do like reading. I'm reading the Psychology of Money right now. It's a pretty fascinating read. I'm reading uh, the book of the week. 
you can you can you can submit one if you oh by the way you're a charity um but you can submit right oh i do i forgot about that do we have do we have one i i have one for you okay the golfer's zoo right here the book of the week next week we'll change it out i'm gonna start changing out the book every week this is the golfer's zoo by former cbs colleague and uh i guess he's now with nbc or uh, golf channel shane bacon it is a kid's golf book go buy this so buy this if you like golf if you want your kids to get into golf buy the golfer zoo i bought a bunch of copies for various people next week we will i already have our uh i already have our uh featured author to go on my bookshelf for next week i Very guarantee cool. you, you will sell it you, man i like what you're doing with this whole thing yeah like you know uh hey what what uh jets won um yeah. let's just talk about that quickly mike white um look I, I get it the bears secondary is banged up they have no pass rush you know their pass defense actually has been decent this year even though you know with brisker out and eddie jackson getting hurt um i'm missing someone else too is out in the secondary but um mike white looked great i mean i, I don't care if you're going up against a banged up secondary. those nfl players you know it's an nfl game and he played with the type of rhythm um accuracy just seeing the field and distributing the football the way it needed to be done. And, and that's an example, not only for Zach Wilson, but I think, you know, really for their coaching staff to see how this offense can be run. Uh, but give him a lot of credit. He played great. The defense was lights out. Um, obviously, they faced another backup quarterback. That's uh, five of 11 games this season. They faced backup quarterbacks, almost a third string with the uh, oblique injury and warmups. Uh, which I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you like. Can we break this down, by the way? The fact I, that I'm just glad that like, like you are a, a successful human being because like like it, like it would suck if you were like a like a like you're like a, you're like you know you like you're just like a up-and-coming podcaster who's like through you like oh a thousand dollars every time they win a game and you're just having to shell out a thousand bucks every week like you're a former first round pick no. you're a smart guy you've invested well you're donating to charity like you don't want to give away a thousand dollars a week but you're you're a philanthropist. I, well, I am a philanthropist. I, I I don't mind. I mean, I I do need some write offs. But like in all honesty, like I think this is a cool cause, and it's it is it's something that for Jets fans out there, and I, I get it. Like they're mad at me because again, I I didn't think they'd win a lot of games. I think I picked them to win five games this year. They far succeeded that. Uh, now not winning games against you know starting quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks included. They've they've surpassed that number. Um, but as far as the, the five backups they've played, they, they beat all of them as well as Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Okay. Um, by the way, I've got, I've got our, I've got our charity. Oh, what is it? Okay. Uh, it is the Helene, Helene foundation. How do you spell that? H I'll send you a link. H E L E N E. Okay. It provides immediate support for mothers fighting cancer to positively impact families. Um, the reason that, uh, uh, I believe Susan, who is the. Yeah, Susan Bowers, who's the um, executive director of the foundation. And I, I can vouch for it because they do a lot of work with the local radio station here. She heard me talking to Adam Gold on 99.9 about your charitable donations. Yeah. She said, hey, if you, if you need a charity, we'd love to do it. Uh, By the way, how about CBS not pumping this up more? I know. It's, I mean, it's really like kind of a big deal, and it's just not being – We're at $5,000 in donations so far. The way the Jets are playing right now, cool. I mean hey, – By the way, two connections here. Uh, Braxton Berrios. Leaseful yeah. guy. So local guy here. And the host that I was talking to, Adam Gold, one of my good friends, a reformed Jets fan. He's now an Aaron Rodgers fan, I think. He he just decided to quit the Jets. He's out. Yeah. Don't blame him. I get that. Um, but so good connections to the Jets. Helps helps moms who have cancer. Awesome. Cool. I'll send you a link. Done deal. 
thousand dollars done tonight. Done. Boom. You love to see yeah. it. Um, if you want to match, uh, Billy's matching. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's interesting. So, like, I don't want to. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I don't care. Um, so, like CBS, like I, I love CBS. Incredible company, the Tiffany Network, baby. Like we're great. But like, so Patrick Peterson goes on a podcast. Yeah. And says, Blitzkrieg's Kyler Murray. He's like, Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler Murray. And then Kyler Murray's like quote tweeting a PFF like like graphic. It's like, I don't know, man. If Patrick Peterson says on a CBS podcast that Kyler Murray's all about him, that should be a story on CBSports.com within 15 seconds. Right. And maybe sooner. Maybe it should be up before the podcast is published. <laughs> Are you saying they're lacking coordination on some of this stuff, maybe? I'm saying that sometimes, look, I've been here for 12 years, probably my last at this point of the rate I'm going. Uh, but I mean, not much writing done anymore. I mean, yeah, well, okay, okay, writing. Wow. The third guy this week is a senior NFL writer. <laughs> That's a corporation. You're a loser. Look at that guy's face. You see that one more time. Good, Billy. You're good. a Unbelievable. Right, by the way, uh, if I get a chance, so tomorrow, I think it's for Friday, I'm going to join my buddy Kevin Clark of The Ringer on a Slow News Day. Okay. Sometimes, occasionally. You're going to promote this? I, I'm going to mention this for sure. Yes. We're, we're going to talk about the Jets. But also, occasionally, it, it varies when, when Kevin decides to do it, but he'll, 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 let somebody, he'll let the guest induct someone into the Club Kevin Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. Again, Time to get Brady in the Hall of Fame, or I could go Prisco. Ooh, and you probably should do Prisco first because he's much closer to death. At least we anticipate that given his age. Oh! Um, oh! Uh, by, by the way, so Pete is now now if we really wanted to f with Pete, we donated to charity. All right, you know that that that's all that matters. Well, uh, hold on. Let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Can we go down the tangent of talking about? Let's like, talk about the Cardinals. Cardinals or Jets? Well, Jets then into Cardinals, but because I think both teams are going to have to make a major decision after this year with the quarterback spot. At least that's where it's leading to be. At least I thought it was a week ago. Then I hear from Robert Sala that it's a week to week thing. I'm like, wait, wait a second. What? Like, are you scolding Zach Wilson? Like, is that, is that all this is? He's grounded for two weeks, then he gets to come he, back and play? Between the lines. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I just, I, I don't know how you can honestly say that you're trying to make a playoff run and my wife gives you the best chance to win, but then say that and not back him like back one of your quarterbacks. Like, look, I was defending Zach Wilson initially saying like, this is not the right move. You need to play him. You need to see what you have in him. And if you bench him, like you're basically saying like, all right, we're going to Mike white. And if, the, if he's the hot hand and he keeps rolling like this, you're not, <laughs> you're not going back to Zach Wilson. And so now you find yourself in this position where like, how's the locker room going to look at that? If Mike White keeps playing well and yet like they stumble here or there and lose a game or two, what are you going to go back to Zach Wilson, even though Mike White might not have been the issue in the first place? And there's also the matter of like the Jets started the season um, one, two and two. It started one. I can't remember when Zach, did Zach Wilson come back for the Steelers game or the Dolphins game? Uh, still back to Dolphins? Either way, they start, they start th- uh, two and two. But like Joe Flacco was playing. Right. If Mike White's the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like none of what they're doing with the quarterback situation makes, makes sense any sense. sense from a, like if Mike, if Joe, if Mike White's the, the best backup, why did Joe Flacco start the season? 
Well, and then even furthermore, if if Zach Wilson is just kind of you know biding his time, why isn't he active? Why wouldn't you have him as the backup? Yeah. Like what? Like why is Joe Flacco then the backup and not Zach Wilson? Like none of it really makes any sense. Um, and I think it it kind of puts you in a tough spot if things start heading south. But Mike White's playing really well, like he did last week. Which again, a, a ton of credit to him. Like I love seeing veteran guys, guys who've been around for a while, come in, play well, seize that opportunity. It's such a different. I mean, you saw the way the players reacted. You saw the maturity in which he handled things with the media. And you're just going, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be, you know? And and I don't know that maybe Zach Wilson gets another chance at some point this season or next year. Uh, but like I said before, like you're going to find yourself in no man's land if you win enough games where you're somewhere in the middle of the first round, like they're selecting 18th right now. Um, that doesn't help your situation if you want to go try to find a quarterback next year's draft. Sure doesn't. Uh, sorry, I, I snarfed because I googled Mike White. I was like, "How old is Mike White?" And it was like, it, it brought up the uh, the filmmaker who's fifty two, and I like, I was like, "Fuck, he's fifty. He looks great for fifty two. Um, so he's you probably I mean, like, twenty five, twenty six, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably all right. I'll, I'll look in a second. Um, more importantly, like, I mean, I don't think you like you didn't bounce around. You, you know, you were a first round pick of the Browns. And then played uh, for the I was there for three years. Got traded after my third year. And and, and, and look, like, I, I think everything with the Browns comes with a caveat. Like I'm not. I mean, well, yeah. Anyway, it was an interesting point. You have seen pretty much like every conceivable uh, like uh, quarterback situation in terms of depth chart battles. Mike White, twenty seven. Billy says. Um, so like, if you're if you're Zach Wilson. And we have to assume that what they're doing is giving him a mental break. I, like, 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 I guess I'm wondering where is your head at as a as someone who's done like been there and done that, and and where's that? Like you mentioned the locker room. Where's the locker room when Mike White stumbles and they're like, "Well, we got to go to Zach Wilson." Yeah, you can feel it when guys believe in you when they don't when they kind of have your back. You know, you can you can feel that, and you feel it when you're in the locker room, literally, like in the locker room before games, talking to guys. You feel it when you're out there on the field, and you can also feel it when they don't, um, and when they start going to survival mode. Uh, I mean, I've told the stories before. Like when you get to a point in the season where you have no postseason aspirations, Pro Bowl's already been decided. Um, you get some players who start, you know, looking to, and, and this is this is in the words of a previous coach. Um, they they start looking for life rafts, you know, like they start looking at trying to like save themselves, kind of. And and look, it, it's it's tough to argue against that because. You know, to be quite honest, when you have a really bad season, and I've been a part of a you know number of them, uh, the entire roster turns over. You know, you're probably not going to be coming back, or if you are coming back, most everyone around you is going to look different. You know, staff could look different. So it's hard not to like sit there and judge guys for wanting to look out for their own best interest. You know, another Pete Priscoism: "What's good for me is good for me." Like, um, there's a lot of that in the NFL, and and I'm, I'm not condemning players who've done that. I've, I've played with guys who I, I loved and loved playing with who who want to take care of them, you know, something else that was ailing them, probably were going to take care of after the season. They said, we're not going anywhere. I'm going to get it done now. That's fine. Someone else will get an opportunity to come in and play. Now it, it will be at your detriment, you know, if you're the quarterback, you're in that situation. Um, but I think the awkwardness of this quarterback room is what's unique because if you've got three guys who started games and played, you'd have to ask yourself the question, like you said, why Flacco to begin, then Zach Wilson, then you bench him instead of Flacco, it's Mike White. Now Mike White's played well, but you're not willing to commit to him. Um, it just it's it's not a great path, I think, to either build confidence in Zach Wilson 
or clearly communicate to your locker room who your leader is and what your plan is. Because what probably happened when you think about like how Mike White came about, it was probably all the defensive leaders going to him and say, this dude's dicing, up, dicing us up on scout team. Put him or, in. Or, or Zach Wilson like dogged us in the press conference. But I think after that, what probably happened is like the leaders kind of went in and said, like, this guy's holding us back. We've watched this guy in practice for weeks now, dice us up. Give him a shot. Like the guys love him. They respect him. You saw the emotions after the game. So it, it's just surprising to me that like Robert Sala wouldn't ride that momentum with Mike White right now and just say, hey, maybe we're looking at this week to week, but it's Mike White's time and we're not turning back. We want to give him every opportunity to go out there and play poorly too. And we're going to have his back and we're going to let him keep playing as well. Otherwise, you shouldn't have gone to Mike White in the first place. You should have stuck with Zach Wilson, and you should have made that same comment. You should have made him get up, you know, apologize to the team, go take some of those defensive guys out to dinner, go talk to them like a man, and say, look, I know I'm still growing and maturing as a person, as a player, as a leader, but I'm going to get this right, and, and go through those growing pains with him. Like, that's what you should do. So they didn't do that. They went a different route, and now, in, in my opinion, you, you got to buy into Mike White. Otherwise, you're making this, the same mistake twice pretty much. Man, say so, what do you think now, Jets fans? You know, well, you know, like, yeah, I've said this before. Like, it's it's a weird. I tried to like kind of talk about some of the concerns I had with their season. Clearly, a lot of that was attached to Zach Wilson and his play and all well, that. I mean, like, like, I tried to like suggest that the Patriots could win in Week One against the Dolphins, and people were like, "This guy hates Tua." It's like, yeah, people are insane. People. I, I think it has more to do with the fact that there's like a lot of Jets fans who like it's a weird thing. They want Zach Wilson to hook up with their mom. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just saying, like, it's it's like there's this weird fascination with him liking moms, and maybe there's a few that have been burnt. You know, maybe Zach, like, left early in the morning, and they were like, oh, dude, what? Did he just drink our orange juice? Like, what just happened? You know, like, maybe oh, the little... Where's my biscuit? Yeah, I made a little defensive it. about it. Gone. Yeah. Your dad ate it. What do you mean? Dad's, dad's Daddy doesn't live here anymore. Your yeah. dad's Zach. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry. Um Probably shouldn't lean to that one too heavily. Okay, uh, I have another quarterback centric question. I am—I've actually been like very excited to ask you about the Jeff Saturday Monday Night Football thing. Oh yeah, because uh, and I don't want to rip anybody at ESPN, but I thought it was interesting. I think it is. I think it's interesting that Jeff Saturday left ESPN and went to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and there's a chance he might not get the full time job, which would mean he's going back to ESPN. Now, if inherently, like, all right, let's say, um, you know, you get uh, some other some other incredibly popular football podcast uh, like mine uh, picks you up, and and um, you know, say like like everyone who's there is taught. It felt like the tone was completely different from them versus everybody else. Like they wanted to put it on Matt Ryan, which I thought was really weird. So again, veteran quarterback, you've been there. You're running a two minute drill. Do you have the authority to call the timeout in that spot? Um, and and what would you hope that your coach would do? And what are you seeing when you sprint for the longest run of your career or close to it on like second and 17? Right. So a few things. Like one, um, as to the question of whether or not you have the authority to call a timeout, sure you do, um, or at least you should. Now, I can't say that definitively because I'm not a part of that team and I don't necessarily know what they're saying. But um, with teams I've been in the past, no doubt a quarterback has the ability to call a timeout. And I'll go as far as saying a lot of times quarterbacks will call plays in a two-minute drive because the process is faster. You're not changing personnel. You're probably keeping them out there 
Uh, and so while you're actually like the clock's running, you're calling plays, you know, you might be calling it. And then once there's a stop clock, now the OC comes back into the picture. Um, it works out that way sometimes. Sometimes it's just quick signals from the sidelines and you're not worrying about calling plays. You let the coaching staff do that and you just focus on going out there and playing. Does that mean it was the draw play on third and three? Where they like? Well, I'll just say as as to uh, you, you can audible and check the things if you see something there, right? Like there was always, um, you know, if there's two wide three techniques, we always had a run check to that because um, you could usually kind of like run a little trap and you'd be able to get a nice little gain right up the middle of the defense, especially depending on what the box looked like. But um, there's there's also you know like if you're out there scrambling up to make a play and because of where he landed, like I can see how there's some confusion of whether or not he got the first down or didn't. I mean, I think you have to assume when he slid and he didn't go head first that he was going to be short. I, well, um, I mean, I mean, I think from a home, but I, people were like, if you're Matt Ryan, you got to get that first down. It's like, he's his career high in rushing yards is 38. Like yeah. this guy doesn't know how to look for the sticks when he's trying to not get his like tiny friend. Oh, you're just trying not to get your head knocked off. Like <laughs> He's just trying not to get killed. Yeah. Like, I'm close. I'll go down. Dude, it, it, like we just had um, what, what, this past Friday, people were probably running into stores, right, for all the sales, everything else. It is like going in, uh, shopping the day after Thanksgiving, trying to grab any sort of clearance, discount, anything, any like hot toy item for your kid. Like, good luck. Like, those windows open and close, and it's like gone. And, and I, I just, the speed of the NFL is so different than at any other level. And trust me, the older you get, the slower you feel, and the faster everyone else looks. Uh, it's your mind that has to operate fast, and that's how you're able to kind of keep ahead of everything. But uh, in that instance, I mean, I know they're putting it on Matt Ryan. It's a little unfair because especially when he's scrambling, someone should be helping him out to be able to call something from the sidelines knowing that you know they have a better vantage point than he does of whether or not he got the first down and probably with the chaos of just scrambling up to run, what comes along with that. So um, I, I thought it was – it was it was one of those obvious examples of why you don't give Jeff Saturday the interim job if you're Jim Irsay. It's like if, if you're that close with him, why put him in a position where he's got to go through these growing pains on a national stage trying to work on clock management? And I believe the stat was they were the only team in NFL history to be trailing with about 30 seconds to go and not use a timeout. I think under 40 seconds or whatever. Like 1940. Right. It's some ridiculous stat like that. Yeah, And I remember thinking to myself, like, it seemed so obvious at the time. And I understand how he maybe he's thinking like, okay, we've got, you know, we've got three timeouts so we can run. The problem is like, once you get to that portion of the game, like time is more. Well, then yeah, that's part of it too. But, but time is more important than even the timeouts. Like you're always battling time and distance when you're in that position though. Like the timeouts, I don't want to say are irrelevant. They obviously matter to a degree, but you really want to save as much time as possible and you know, not be wasting time getting guys lined up. Like think more efficient as possible. Being most efficient as possible is key. Well, I, I think the big mistake was on the sack. And, right. and so I sort of wonder like, from again, from your perspective. That's like standard. Like you get sacked and you have three timeouts. Everyone calls timeout. Three timeouts, boom. Like, like who, I mean, and again, like I never played quarterbacks. I don't know. But like, well, just, just think about this. Think about this. So not only one, do you have to get up as the quarterback, get back, get everyone set. That's part of what takes a while. But the other thing is, it's the longest distance your receivers have to run. They're okay. all the way downfield. Now they got to run all the way back. If you're throwing the ball downfield, they catch it, they run in, but they're not running anywhere. They're just getting set up in the line of scrimmage. 
you know, you're running to them or the offensive line's chasing downfield. So it's the furthest distance that receivers actually have to run. So it's like an automatic, we take a sack, timeout, that's it. Like if you, if you have timeouts, that's always the automatic play there. So I guess it's just a, on the procedural thing. Like if you're the quarterback and you get sacked, are you expecting the coach to call it or are you jumping? I, you're, you're almost turning around right around and calling it. You should be at least like, these are all things that again, it, it depends on like, are you a veteran? Are you not? What kind of system you're in? But Matt Ryan knows he's played long enough football. He's as smart as they come. So, um, so, so you would actually, pay, and look, it's fine if you do. I mean, I mean, Again, you play quarterback, so you think that's a little bit on Matt Ryan. I feel like if I feel like Matt Ryan would have called he's that a, timeout. He's in the first year of his system, yeah. and, and and you've got now another play caller there. It's just I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for them because I don't know what their system is, what they're told. It, but it is surprising sometimes you get veteran guys who don't make that initial reaction and move because they should be. They they should know better. I mean, it is like look, I played for enough teams to know this. It doesn't matter what you call it. There's certain plays that are going to beat cover two, certain plays being cover three. There's things that you do situationally that have nothing to do with the system you're running. It's just how you operate. If you're sacked yeah. with three timeouts under 90 seconds on on first or second down, because the first down was a, a short pass play, you call timeout. And you should you, you should call timeout. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh just in defense of Matt Ryan, like you're you're like you're a fast guy. I, mean, I don't think you would run like a four two forty or anything right now, but like you're a year older than Matt Ryan, you know. I mean, if if it, 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 my point being is like I'm older than you, and yeah. Obviously, much much better shape, but still older. Um, like if I had to run fifteen yards on an NFL field, like like looking, I, I would not be. I, I just would not be thinking timeout. I'd be like, okay, listen, I'm just trying not to get my head just like taken off of the well it's always about procedure right like your first thing is you're trying to find where the first down is and get there if you can't you slide you get down now you're looking for the official because you want to make sure he gets the ball so you can spot it as soon as possible and you get set and then you're trying to look for guys to you know to get them you know rallying up to get set and communicate the play so there's there's always a procedure to it and that's where you know as far as the, the clock management portion a lot of times the sideline will take it off your shoulders so they because they have a better idea of handling all that and they should have someone up in the booth, or they should. A lot of times, a special teams coach will help handle that, because if, especially if it comes down to like a field goal, like they're monitoring it to make sure they communicate to the long snapper and kicker. Or if it's a mayday situation, like they're kind of like working it down the field to say, okay, like we're using our last one now. That means the next one we got to throw it in. You know, if we throw it in bounds, we spike it, we rush it. You know, however we go about handling the, the final play of the game, if it's in that scenario, which is different than obviously Indy. Well, I mean, and it's like the same thing with, you know, you and I talked about after the Dallas-San Francisco playoff game where it's like you you were in Seattle when they did that study. But no, I mean, it's like, it's like, listen. <laughs> the whole, I can't what? believe you ended the season like that. I just. Oh, right, 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 right. I thought you were laughing. I was like, did I? Was that I'm laughing at the fact that that actually happened. Like, That's I was like. ended your season. It's I like, couldn't sleep that night. Like, that night, I literally remember thinking to myself, like, it kept me up because I felt so awkward for Mike McCarthy and Dak and, like, Kellen Moore and thinking, like, well, how do you justify that? Like, I mean, can you imagine being like the person who actually did it though? And like, like I wouldn't sleep for five days. I, I think I've actually like converted to, to the Brandon Staley uh, strategy oh. of winning. We're like, dude, when you, when you have your, ta- when you have your shot to win games, just go do it. Like go for fourth downs, go for two point conversions. Like wow. just go, just go do it because otherwise like you leave yourself up to like either luck or unluckiness, like completely playing against you're, you. You're, you're putting the fortune of your future, you're putting your future in someone else's hands. Correct. 
Like if like I mean, you know, let's say like I'm the hot shot young head coach, right? And I love going for the fourth down. You're my quarterback. Like I want the ball in Brady Quinn's hands. I don't right. want, like I don't want the I don't want the ball in like uh who were the char- like I don't want the ball in somebody else's hands. Like it's called offense for a reason. Right. Like defense is defending you. You have to be on the offensive. Well, especially considering bro. Those like end of game plays, like the way PI is called now, illegal contact. I mean, it's not even like a, like executing a, a successful play. It's also like just the refs being able to bail you out half the keep time. That, like, keep that thing up and get a flag. Yeah, like yeah. you've got a lot. Like like it, it's completely changed. Like the old adage was like you throw the football, like you know three things can happen. Two of them are bad, right? And now it's like not really. Like now you get PI, you can get defensive hold, you get all these other things that can go along with it. If you got a great deep ball, you aim it a little bit, you shade it outside, and like like for it's, it's out of bounds, maybe, or you get PI. Um, okay, we're gonna take a break, and we come back. I will ask Brady Quinn if Aaron Rodgers should hang it up for how long. Next, <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm getting kind of good at these little radio, uh, these radio Jesus. I know. Yeah. You're you're how to I'd be like, uh, coming up next, Brady and I'll talk football. Um, but I, I do think, I mean, look, I, I don't, I say this and I think this is like, where it's sort of like a loss in translation from an athlete media standpoint. Like, I'm like, obviously Aaron Rodgers needs to shut it down for the season, but like you don't become a hall of fame quarterback with a Super Bowl ring and f- four MVPs by just shutting it down because your ribs are, you have a boo boo on your ribs and maybe they're busted and maybe he's got a broken thumb, but like, I, I don't, I, I don't think he will shut it down. I think the Packers probably should shut him down. And so I sort of wonder two questions. One, at what point does Aaron Rodgers stop playing this year? And two, is Aaron Rodgers the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2023? And I'll tell you Ryan Wilson's percentages after you answer. Oh, I can't wait for this. It's terrible. Um, one, I, I mean, he kind of already foreshadowed what's going to happen. He's opening the door. Once once they're mathematically limited, I think he would be open to that discussion. And he said it in a quote today that he wouldn't have any resentment or bitterness if they wanted to look at Jordan Love. So 
like ultimately, I think this whole idea is going to be crafted this way. You know, they need to see what they have in Jordan Love and let him play. Whether that's to trade him after the season or decide on his fifth year option if they're going to keep him, and they would look to move from Aaron Rodgers. Now that's a little more difficult because of what it's going to take to trade for him, considering the contract that he's Rogers. Rogers' contract is untradeable. The only out is he retires. Uh, I wouldn't say it's first, first June one trade is feasible, but yeah, I was gonna say this is the NFL. I I, I never say never anymore. Um, I, I would say this: he's not getting cut. We know that he's not. Um, but he could get traded. I, I will I will throw up that possibility. Uh, never <laughs> underestimate the ability for some team that's desperate to make a move and give up David, an absolute David Yeah. Well, I don't know that Rogers wants to go to Carolina. I, I also think the interesting thing is if you look at like two of the teams. That could potentially, and we talked about this maybe last week, uh, the Jets and 49ers, right? Like, if you look at those situations, if you're the Packers, you'd be much more apt to trade them to the Jets because, you know, they're not in your conference. Like, the 49ers, if you're good, you're going to have to play them at some point because the 49ers are going to be good. And so you'd assume that either they roll Trey Lance or they bring back Garoppolo or, you know, they look for a guy like Rodgers or something like that. Also, it would be hilarious if the Packers traded Rogers to the Jets, just like they traded Favre to the Jets. I mean, I mean, and it was like a day off from when Rogers. I mean, that would be too weird. It would be weird, but it'd also be amazing, and it'd be like vintage NFL. Um, I, I do think at some point in time. I mean, there. This has nothing to do with him. Like, I think he hasn't played his best football, but let's not forget he like uh, holds himself to that standard because he's a back-to-back MVP. So he's playing banged up. He's not playing quite as well. Part of it had to do with the fact that you're like. Finally getting Christian Watson that we were hoping to see at the beginning of the season now. Looks like stud, by the way. Yeah, every time he touches the ball, he's going to score, it seems like. So it's just it's a little late in the season for that to play an impact. Um, but their defense isn't very good. Like, they can't stop the run. They obviously have struggled. So um, I think at some point in time, they'll have to shut them down. It's going to it's gonna have to be um, – We're going into week 13. It's like probably – I would say the over under like 14 and a half or 15 and a half. Maybe. You know, and, and I think that there's, there's two sides of this conversation. Like the tough thing is, is like, what do you say in your locker room then? Right? Like you're, you're not putting your best guy out there to go win football games. Are you really trying to win football games or like kind of figure out your, your organizational Cause, position? Cause that's, a real thing. that's a real thing on the quarterback depth chart. You're like, like if, if the number if the QB one is they're like, eh, we're out of the playoffs. Let's sit this guy down. I mean, if you're a if you're a blind man, you're like, well, why am I out here risking? You know, I mean, right? For real. I, I mean, tell you, you'll see more guys go on IR, guys who are playing banged up and all that. Look at the Rams. Yeah, a high ankle sprain. Wow, how did you get one of those after the game? That's weird. Yeah. Um, You'd be surprised. Sometimes it's slippery stuff. Remember Lamar Jackson almost uh, ripped his ankle up trying to go poop last year. Um, all right, what do you think Ryan Wilson's percentage is that Aaron Rodgers? Okay. His, his, uh, you have to guess the percentage okay. that Ryan Wilson said that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers in 2023. He's a Steelers fan, so that really doesn't factor in here, but maybe it does. No, no, it's, it's, he's got a 10% chance. Real logic to it. What's that? 10% chance he's back. You're way too high. Twice as high as Ryan. 5.5%. It's ridiculous. Breach and I were like 60%. He's like, you're idiots. Dude, Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, yeah, he it, might not. here's the thing is, yeah, he might not, he might just retire. We don't know. Um, he's contemplated all that that conversation. He could want to look for greener pastures. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Walton family blows everything up in Denver. They're like, hey. I don't think you can trade Russ. 
Well, right, do you know what? You, you're not getting anything back for him, or otherwise you're paying a huge premium for draft picks in exchange for Russ. You know, if, but, if you're but I mean, what a week for these quarterbacks, by the way. I mean, unbelievable. All right, so do you want to talk about Russ? You mentioned Russ, so let's talk about Russ. Okay, and then we'll get to Kyler, and then we'll, I mean, my, I mean, this is just like it's like, wait, I mean. All right, so a, a, a general question for you too, because you, you live this, and like you, you get mad like when I erroneously call your contract negotiations with the Browns as a rookie a holdout. You're like, no, it wasn't a holdout, and, and it wasn't. And so, I mean, it's not the definition of that, but I, I know I'm not. We're not going to no. we're not going to debate semantics here. I'm I'm on your side. I, I guess I'm wondering, like, from a general perspective, is it like? Do you feel like it's more like like on the on the scale of intensity and focus of the quarterbacks? I mean, it's always been so intense. Like, I mean, you literally had an article written every day about you and like whether or not your agent had negotiated a contract with the Browns and like that, like that wears on you. But like to, wow. now it feels like like my point is like Patrick Peterson, our colleague, does a podcast and, and like within three hours, Pat, like Kyler Murray's having to quote tweet it and you know, when you were playing, there wasn't immediate viral clips of a defensive lineman yelling at like the quarterback. And you had that with Russell Wilson. So I guess that was like, I mean, it's almost like it's sort of like if somebody told you you had to go back to college, but there would be YouTube, would you definitely go back? Because I'm not sure I would. Yeah, it, it's a different era, a different time. And I, I think like anything else, you know, the way you have to look at it as a, as a quarterback is like you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And, you know, you've got to adapt with the times as to, you know, how not only you're viewed, but the organization's viewed and, you know, how you handle adversity and all that. Like, it's just, it's part of being a quarterback. It's, it's no different than playing the quarterback position right now. Like, if, you, if you're not a mobile guy and you can't make off-platform throws or move around and, and be able to run a little bit, you're going to really struggle in this league because the offensive lines don't protect the way they used to. Um, and it's, it's just a different league than what it was two decades ago. So. I, I, I like thinking about you like deleting everything about the Browns from your Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I, the reality is like I have social media cause it's a necessary evil. Yeah. It's literally because I do this career and this job. And honestly, like I remember being in Denver in 2010 and someone came and spoke to us. And they said, look, if you want Twitter or whether you want to be active or not, you should make sure you have an account because you don't want someone to impersonate you. Oh. And so my initial reason for even signing up was just to make sure no one was impersonating me and I was getting paid for a company. So I was incentivized to do so. But I never have understood um, the, the reason. Not the draw, because I, I get it from a fan's perspective. Like if you can talk one-on-one -on -one directly to a, a player that you love or even hate, why not? Like that's that's pretty sweet. It's like a great idea. Player, like what are you thinking? Like just don't just, it, the hard thing is, is like you're always taught to kind of put on blinders on when you're on the field and you're training and performing. And I don't know why you'd want to go to social media um, and and be able to feel, like buy into it, good or bad, by the way. Like whether you win, you play great, everyone's hyping you up. You don't need to like read everything. And, and, and it, it was there was no different back then. The difference was you had to go grab a newspaper. You had to like look online. Now you just have to look at your phone. And I think that's the tough part is, you know, with some of these things, you do have to have like a team or someone helping you to kind of manage it and, and make sure you kind of are crafting the proper response. Cause I, I think you get yourself in trouble. Like again, looking at how it works now, when you're a quarterback, you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, let's just call it like, like, like it is. And you're basically putting yourself now in a position where you need to craft a thoughtful response 
that's going to represent you and your organization. And it isn't going to cause that much more of a stir. Like that's really the truth of the matter with, I think how um, you've got to operate as a quarterback, given the fact that like anything that anyone says now could get to you or, or you could have to respond to. So it's, it's a crazy world that they're living in. I mean, you can choose to not respond to certain things like, you know, Deshaun Kaiser was talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and conspiracy theories. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to acknowledge that or talk about that. Maybe he will, who knows? Um, but I think you can pick and choose like which things you choose to uh, discuss and choose to talk about. Yeah, Brinson uh, ha- uh, is having his- issues with his uh, connection. So I figured as uh, much. I tried to vamp as long <laughs> as possible, hoping he'd come no, back. It's all good. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm back, back now. I'm back now. There we go. Um, no, I'm on this old look. We have dialogue. Just tell him you still have an AOL account. No, the it worst goes, part is this. It literally goes. You've got mail. <laughs> I I mean I remember AOL. What was your What was your AOL? Oh my god. So uh, Trent Dilfer hired by the uh, UAB Blazers. Yeah. Is it, yeah. you, like, you like Trent Dilfer? Yeah, yeah. Good hire. Jeff Saturday paved the way for Trent Dilfer. Um, I, mean, I mean, maybe Dion. Dion's being looked at by USF, Colorado. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I love Dave Doran. I, I, I would hire Dion on a heartbeat of most I think, uh, look, this is no disrespect to uh, Brent Key, who was the interim head coach that just got head of, hired at Georgia Tech. I would That's I, Deion Sanders in Atlanta? Are you kidding me? I know it's such a it's such a swing and a miss. Like I just this guy to me, you're like, like you're what, two coaches moving from Paul Johnson with the triple option. You got Deion effing Sanders who played for the Braves and the Falcons in the same day, and he's in Atlanta recruiting prime. Oh my God, why would you not hire? What, what's what gets overlooked every time, and this is what I'd say about Deion is he's a great coach. Like he is a great coach, a technician. He understands situational awareness. Like he understands so much stuff that he pours into these kids and and they're good. His son's good, by the way. Like you don't think his dad's teaching him constantly what he saw as a quarterback and how it impacts him. I mean, hey, what was what was the line when we were growing up about Deion Sanders? I mean, you just didn't throw it his way. I mean, it was was three quarters of the world is covered in water. And Deion Sanders. I mean, like he's I mean, is he the greatest quarterback of all time? Easily, I'd say he's right there. I don't know who, who else is. Uh, I don't know. Is obvious. I feel well, like yeah, there's always other guys who are involved in, in it as far as like how good they are. But I had an argument. My brother tried to tell me that Tom Brady was not the greatest quarterback of all time over Thanksgiving. I was like, come on. I've heard people say this. I mean, look, he's got the greatest resume. You can't def- refute that. So that's usually how people what people will say. But I mean, <laughs> Prisco Prisco would say he's not as talented as Dan Marino. So there you go. He actually he would say that. I know that's what I'm saying. Like Prisco would say that. Prisco would say that. Yeah, he would say. Oh man, I love it. Um, okay, so we. Uh, I don't know who we just talked about. Did we talk about Kyler? Well, we, we did talk about Kyler. Like, it, it's a tough spot for him to be in because it is a former teammate. So a lot Cliff, of people are going to read into it. Cliff's getting canned, right? Um, I mean, you just signed him to an extension. If you're the Bidwells, if you're canning him, you got to kind of can Steve Kime too, don't you? I think, I think it's, a, I think it's a, if the weird thing, they're like Kyler and Cliff have the same agent, right? Eric Burkhardt, Eric Burkhardt's both their agent. And, 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 but again, here's the problem with even like the signing Kyler to that contract. Now that's a little more easy to absorb than Russell Wilson's, but like, how do you move them? How do you move yeah. Russell? How do you move any of it? If you're not playing well, it's hard to move an asset. That's why I, I go back to the Packers. 
not moving from Aaron Rodgers last year was their biggest mistake. If they were going to like wait till he had a down year, it's like, well, you just missed all the value. You, 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 you tried to Belichick it, screwed up. He won two MVPs and then you didn't Belichick it. Right. Um, yeah. It's like, and, and the other thing too is, and I understand you have to pay the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I preach that all the time, but like, if you have to put a, a homework clause about call of duty and an iPad in your quarterback's contract, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like a prenup, right? And, and not, not like, and not that prenups are bad, but it's sort of like, like, if, if, well, not, not if you take it out, which they did. It's, it, but it, like it's already in there. It's already been done. Here, here's what never made sense about that. Cause the conspiracy theory is like, well, maybe the Cardinals wanted that to get out. Maybe they wanted that to become public. So then people kind of knew like what they were dealing with, but you'd have to go back to, well, you guys are the team that drafted them. And yeah. then you guys are the team that wants to sign them to a long-term extension knowing this could be an, an issue. So it really just falls back on you. Like it really didn't make any sense why you'd want to have that clause, knowing that eventually these things are public. You can find that contract, read it and go, Oh wow. Like that's, that's unique. That's different. We haven't seen that before. I, I always think it was, I mean, and again, I, I don't know, but just the way it kind of came out, I feel like it was probably leaked by Kyler's camp in order to be like, really Cardinal. Yeah. Take it out. And it worked. Um, I mean, if you think about like the way that this all season went down and, and I mean, like you've signed a bunch of contracts at the NFL level. Yeah. I've covered the NFL for 12 years, like at CBS, there is a very, it's not even unique. It's just a very like, sort of um, like the, like the tides come in, the tides come out. There's a time when you sign contracts and there's a time when you don't. And the time when you don't, is not right before the draft. You don't throw a hissy fit and delete all the Cardinals social media stuff off your profiles no. for the draft to make a scene. I'll go back a step further. How many agents are proactive and to the, to the media, matter. my God, like, like they're the ones that it wasn't like the team got out in front of it and said like, Hey, we made an offer, but he didn't like it. It was Eric Burkhardt. who did it. Like, he's like, Oh no, we submitted a contract offer. There's like, wait a second. We make the offers here. Like, we just settled this. Like, you guys sent us a contract. Like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure you understand how negotiation works. We offer you a deal and then you count. Yeah. And it's like, I what just happened? You, did you I steal my car? Like, it's my car. You can't just take my car. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you, don't show, you don't show up my house and be like, I'll give you 15 grand for that car. You're like, what? No, <laughs> I own this car. Um, yeah, like the whole thing from. Like it could have been, it's so, and I don't know that we have an answer for it now, but it could have been played so much easier. Just don't do any of that. Right. And get to like March when you sign contracts and there's no, and like, and say, listen, here, we'll do it. We'll do, we'll do an addendum as like a side, like you, like you could have done it without, it didn't have to be in the contract. Well, what, what was the, what was the recourse from Kyler Murray and Eric Burkhardt if he didn't sign this deal? What was he going to sit out the season? No, hell no. Exactly. So you see, you set out the season. You don't have a season that accrues. You're right back in the same spot a year from now. So like, like they couldn't just go into it and go, Hey, look, we extended Kyle. We extended Cliff Kingsbury. We want you to prove one more year. I mean, it, it's not that hard. And for whatever reason, they just buckled. And he was first overall. So he has plenty of money. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the whole thing is very bizarre. And like, I've been trying to tell Wilson this Kyle Kingsbury and Kyler which, you know, you could do better. You do better initials, I guess, um, are like inextricably linked because they sign contracts in the same offseason. The Bidwells are not, you know, they're not David Tepper. They're not the Walton family. 
they're not, they're not even Jerry Jones. Like they they don't have the kind of cash to just pay Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, like what twenty million dollars to go kick it in Austin, Texas for 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 a year and yeah. like, do whatever. A guy who looks like they're, they're making they're making more than you think, and you can you can sure. get financing for that if you really want to move on. Um, I, I think the inter- more interesting thing is like Kimes kind of connected to all this, and I feel like this was like maybe him feeling like, all right, this was my idea to bring in Kyler and, and Cliff and look at the progress we made, which they did win more and more each year. Yeah. Um, and so he figured out a way of getting everyone paid. And it's like great, but if this blows up, we're all out. Like this is our last deal, man. Hey, look, Kimes an NC State guy, so I love Kime. But it is interesting that he's like, get you know, you get the owner to get you paid. And then you make sure to get the like the eight. There's a lot of incestuous um, yeah. stuff well, going getting on. Everyone else paid, you know. It's like yeah. It's like it's like all right. Now that I'm paid, let's make sure we pay Eric Burkhart. If you really think about it, because obviously, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure Kim identified Kyler Murray first, but I mean, chicken or the egg conversation here. Either Cliff helped Kyler make a lot of money in the NFL. Or Kyler helped Cliff make a lot of money, but Cliff was hired first. So I, I would say like that pairing happened because Cliff became the head coach. Kyle identified Kyler as the guy, but I as, as I understand, Cliff got Kyler paid a lot of money. Number I one overall, then a second contract. I, as I understand it, I think that like Kyle and Cliff hung on like film sessions when they were watching film together. Um. And, and and so like that's how they became buddies, and maybe that's how that ended up happening. Um, all right, uh, Russell Wilson. Have you ever been yelled at by a defensive lineman? Um, no, not 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 in that capacity. Because honestly, I'll, if, if, I'll put it this way: if if I had played as poorly as he has, I would have been already been benched. So oh! no, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like that was how my career went. Like I didn't get any sort of leash long enough. To be able to, I mean, I, I, the game I got benched my third year, I was six for eight, made one poor decision, a blind throw on a stop route. I thought it was for a single high coverage. Backside Jesus. safety fooled me. For Anderson? Yeah, and then he came in and threw three picks the second half. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, clearly I'm going to start next week. And then Eric Mangini is like, uh, we're going to start Derek next week. And I was like, okay, because that that makes sense. Like, I, I really feel like I deserve to get booted off that. Um, but anyway, it was – I mean. We 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 talked about this. We talked about this a bunch on this podcast, and like I, I think it is like one of the one of the most underrated stories of professional football is that the fit. People are like, oh, you got to draft a quarterback. You got to the Seinfeld thing was you got to see the baby. It's like you got to draft a quarterback. You got it's like yeah, you have to draft a quarterback, but the quarterback has to fit with the situation. Um, speaking of which, by the way, uh, okay, all right, well, I, I can't, what, what, I, want, I want to ask two questions. One, and we'll get back to the Russell thing. What is like the funniest yelling moment of like a like that you had as a player? Because like oh. my, my my favorite yelling moment is when Peyton Manning, when Donald Brown blows the block. Yeah. He goes, yeah. Damn it, Donald. <laughs> um. Oh gosh. I mean, I, there's been so many. I mean, I remember like <laughs> so many. Trying I mean, to, well, like, dudes trying to like run to the bathroom because you have to, you know, crap. You Dude. know. They, just players like various players like different teams like having to run take a dump you now because they <laughs> they might not make it in time right you got white pants on it's everyone's gonna know um <laughs> quite possibly the one thing i'll never forget the rest of my life and i'm not gonna say what player it was but i'll say what team and actually you'll be able to figure this out because we went to london <laughs> we were coming back from the palms restaurant 
uh, on a bus and like headed back to our hotel. So it was like, you know, we kind of had some downtime outside of like practice. We weren't, we weren't there very long. I think we played on a, we played on a Sunday, obviously. And then we went over like on a red eye Thursday night. So we got on Friday. So this had to have been like Friday, maybe later that day or maybe Saturday, like the day before the game. And we're coming back from lunch at the, uh, at the palms there in London. And I'll never forget this player stands up. He's like, Oh, Hold the bus! Stop the bus! Stop the bus! He's like, I need to give me some of that London meat, and I was like, What? <laughs> like, I need to give me some of that London meat, and he hopped off the bus. Was he referring to London broil? I assume not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what? Chased after a girl on the sidewalk. We just kept going. Like that was it. They made his way back to the hotel at some point. So you, sure. you eventually saw him later, right? Yeah, no, I, we saw him later. Like, it wasn't like he disappeared from the whole thing, but like, it was I really, really it was I will only. never, I will never forget that. I was so startled at something because you heard the stop the bus, stop the bus. And I was like, oh man, what happened? We like hit someone, we like leave someone. I need to get London meat. I was like, what is you say? What's the, what's the terrible London dish they do where they put like meat in a thing of bread? Oh, beef Wellington. Uh, it's actually it's really delicious. <laughs> but I, all, I, all I know is when he said that, dude, I was like, that'll be something that I'll never forget the rest of my life. And that I'm seriously, moment, I'm seriously like Googling or like driving through your game logs to see when you play them. No, nah, I, I wouldn't, I would never out the player, but um, we were in London. The team I was with, I went over to London with. Everyone loves beef Wellington. Sometimes you have to halt the bus and jump off the bus <laughs> and get that beef out. I mean, I, there was like stuff that happened that you just you can't make up. I mean, my from my time with the Mercer stuff in Cleveland, some of the stuff that went on there, just um, different did, personalities and players. Did you ever hear the like you probably didn't hear this, but like so John Breach's dad came on the podcast before the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. And he was telling the story about I think it was the 89 AFC championship game. But he and his roommate went to go get breakfast. It's 89. Like, it's just like you just, there's no team bus. Right. You just right. get to the stadium. And so yeah, they, yeah. they go to this diner to get breakfast and they eat breakfast and they go to the car. The car won't start. It's like four hours before the effing championship game. And so they're like, they ask the waitress for a ride. And she just gives the two, two of the players, two of the starters on the AFC, like the, the Cincinnati Bengals, playing for a birth to the Super Bowl, a ride in the stadium. Like, that is, I, that, that always blows my mind because <laughs> if that happened today. Well, I, okay, full disclosure, uh, last season. Um, I had a, yeah, it was last season. So I was doing uh, radio for Fox Sports Radio. Uh, early morning time slots so 6 a.m. Well, when we'd be out like in Big 12 country, I'd have to do it at 5 a.m., right? We're, in, we're on uh, Central Time. So I, I tried to get it set up at the hotel. They didn't have the technical specifications. So we ended up setting up at like a Fox Sports Radio studio a couple miles away. So I wake up. Um, I thought I had like a, a car set up to come get me. I can't get anything. Like the car canceled on me. Couldn't get anything. There had to be a nice old couple in the lobby, right? At 4.30 a.m. They don't know me. I don't know them. And, look at you and like think like maybe this tall like good looking guy could have played football and like just no. I was in I was in Oklahoma at the time, so uh, um, I was like very thankful for some nice uh, Oklahoma folks. But uh, I just I asked them if they could drop me off, and I literally got a ride from two older folks that I, that I met that morning at four thirty a.m. in the lobby of a of a hotel. I cannot even remember where exactly I was uh, I was I was sitting. That's fantastic. So. um it actually happened to me and uh, Eric K, who you know, obviously. EK. Uh, EK, but right I'm before. Ohio, what's that? Big, big man of Ohio guy. Yeah. 
Uh, he's trying to get me to the Bahamas with him and Breach. You want to go? Bahamas Bowl? Yeah. That'd be fun. When is that? It's uh, soon. It, for, it's it's like $125 to get there from where you it's are. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Going, going to Bahamas is incredible, by the way. I, okay. I, I, you and I will have a Popeye's uh, eat off. How about that? We can play like blackjack and craps out by the pool. It's, it's incredible. Wait, all right. Well, let's just, all right. Okay. For you're, you're the fourth. All right. Good. We'll play golf. Um, and we won't go to that game because no one cares about that game. Um, so me and EK were leaving Guns N' Roses in downtown Miami, trying to get back to South Beach at the 2000, it was February 2020. 2020. Yeah. Right before COVID. Yeah. Like right before the pandemic happened. And, um, it's like, like for somehow, like right as this concert ends, it just starts pouring unearthly amounts of rain. And we're like, hold it. We, we didn't, we didn't know it was going to rain. So we're like holding jackets or like holding jackets over our head, standing out there in the side, like, like, like pathetically looking for an Uber. And we see this, like three people getting this, like Yukon XL. And we're like, tap on the window. Like, Hey, Hey, would you mind? And they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Just come on. You guys look fratty enough. Get in the car. And, three uh, people, huh? Is that what we're going with? Three people you want to identify? No, I'm going to get there. Oh, okay. And um, I'm like, oh my god, thank y'all so much. Like, you see y'all? Where are y'all from? I was like, uh, I'm from Raleigh. They're like, Wait, we're from Raleigh. It's like, what? Yeah, it was uh, uh, Rick French of uh, French West Vaughn who does PR in Raleigh, and like, like he and like his buddy and, and his buddy's wife were getting right home, and and so like it, it was very fortuitous and it worked out very well. Oh, good I, I, I didn't keep in touch with the old couple. Uh, they just went off their life, and I went off mine. Yeah, I mean, Rick and I don't like talk that much, but I mean, like, oh, okay. Um, I have one more thing to ask you about. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, are we want to read between the lines today, or we already kind of did one? Oh, oh, I know. Uh, uh, uh I was calling Diva Billy. Can you, uh, Matt Rule appeared on Peter Schrager's oh, yeah, his in podcast. the season podcast. Earlier, I believe on Wednesday. Yeah. Can we play that audio of Matt Rule? I think I probably would just it, probably just you know uh, probably taking another job. You know, I mean, I think I mean, it's a great place. Uh, you know, the wonderful people, but I just don't know if I was a fit there. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we 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 talked about hey, we're going to have a a, a four year plan, a five year plan. You know, if you tell me hey, we got a two year plan, then then I'm gonna go get sign a bunch of free agents and, and do it. So. You know, what was a four-year plan became a two-year and five-game plan real quick. And Interesting. It, it's not about, hey, it's not, and I'm not angry about it. You know, no. at the end of the day, I understand. But if you're, if it's going to be that quick, then then we're going to sign some more free agents. We're going to, we're going to go make the blockbuster trade. We're going to do those things. I think the trajectory that we were on was correct. It was to, it was to have a team that next year could maybe build. make a big trade um, that could, you know, and I think you see the signs of it right now. When they play well on offense, they win. You know, there's a good defense there and. Um, I, I give Steve all the credit. I give the coaches all the credit, but I'm part of that building process. Yeah. So had that just stayed for maybe through this year and maybe made the big free agent signing this year to get them over the top, I think that the Panthers could win the, the NFC South for years to come. Uh, okay, all right, all right. We're going to read between the lines, but first. Okay, read between the paragraph, but yeah. Oh, my God. Read between the freaking press release, Matt. Well, we get it. Um, hey, shout out to Peter Schrager. Yeah. Go, go subscribe to The Season with Peter Schrager. On Schrager Bombs. Schrager Bombs. Schrager Bombs is a friend of the show. He's been on the show. I've known Schrager for like 12 years. Love he's Schrager. the best. He's, he's, he's great. He is the, he's always shockingly tall. And and I say this in the most loving way possible because I also am a schmoozer. I've never met a human being 
schmoozes like shrieks. Can you define schmoozing? Because this is not the first time I've heard that. You slide up and handshaking, and you just yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, like I, 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 I like to schmooze. You, you're a schmoozer. I'd say Shrek's uh, he schmoozes too. No, no, no Shrek's an incredible schmoozer. See, like you don't schmooze because you're you're a quarterback. Quarterbacks don't schmooze. I'm just schmoozed. I, I, I'm I'm more of like a type B personality than people realize. Um, so it's it's like if I don't have to be somewhere, I don't I will not be there. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that okay. We don't have time. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Okay. Had a guy reach out that I saw a few weeks back. I was on a promotion for the Breeders' Cup, right? Great horse race, Lexington. Ran into him there. Don't really know him that well, but but know him. You know, have golf with him, etc. And one of the things you realize is, and especially I've realized this more once I'm done playing, um, like everyone wants a piece of you. Like everyone wants to take your money. They want to gamble with you and all that. And. I, I I always find it interesting because I, I've never really needed to gamble when I'm golfing to talk trash, to be competitive, to like feel pressure, right? It's a sport. Well, it, it's not even that, just my competitive nature. Like I will be chirping the entire time, whether it's $1,000 on the line, $1, nothing. doesn't matter. Like I would be chirping at someone regardless. And, and I, I, I could, for no money, I would make them feel like the world is on their shoulders and play in a match like that. But um, it's always funny to me, like when people who don't really know you will make that sort of comment like, hey, man, we need to get together and golf sometime so I can take your money. I'm always like, first off, like Bro. you don't know me well enough to kind of like make that comment. That's... But my my, can, my my like canned response is always, sounds that great. sounds great. The problem is <laughs> I don't want to spend four hours with you. So it's probably not ever going to happen. Right. And like usually people are so taken back by that. Oh, you point, say – Sounds great. I don't want to spend four hours with you. <laughs> yeah, so the only problem is I don't want to spend four hours with you, so it's never going to happen. And and here's the reality of it: it's funny because they think I'm like joking, but I'm actually being honest. Like I'm no, like, seriously, like seriously, I'm not effing around. I don't. No, no, I'm, I'm like seriously. Like here's the deal: I've got three little girls and a wife at home. If I'm not working, like I want to be with them. And then if I'm actually going out for any sort of leisure activity. I, I want to hang out with people yeah. that I don't get to see very often. You're not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have gotten a call or text by now at some point. Oh! Oh! And I don't mean that to sound like pompous or arrogant. Like I just it's pompous. It's just I'm being honest. Like that's I, I think for those people out there, whoever get that, where guys get a little chippy and all that, just kind of respond back and say, "Man, that sounds like a great, great plan." But I just really don't want to spend four hours with you. Sorry. Yeah, that is a savage response. I love that. <laughs> yeah, listen, I. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you play golf with me. I don't want to play golf with you. I would play golf with you if I had to pick like people who I work with at at, at CBS. It'd be you, Wilson, for sure. Oh, I'm number one. Wow, hell yeah. Well, no, you're not number one. You're Chris Chris Will- the no, worst no, hold on. It'd be Wilson for sure, number one. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, number two actually would be Hassel. One because he's a good golfer. I've played with him before. Two because of his quirkiness and overall general sense of humor. He's hilarious. He's funnier than people know. He's, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, and then you'd be in there too just for entertainment. Now, Pete will be offended, and he'll be like, oh, that one time I beat you. First off, I was giving him strokes. That's how he beat me with strokes. Hey, go, play golf with Pete. Is, like, to play golf in a trailer. Park. It's painful. He's got an awful swing, and it's like wow. he's yeah, always complaining. Well, I guess you drop right here. Let's hit it again. Ah, number nine. You're like, Pete, look, I just do a double bogey rule. And he's like, no, get every shot. It's like, please, go away. I was on his team too. Um, 
Have you seen the old hassle videos of uh, him at the? Have you seen these? Yeah, yeah. Where he's wearing like the corn hat and he's oh, like, yeah. okay, let me just make sure. Um, all right, we're at an hour, so I'll ask you. Billy's saying, "Get out!" LOL. Um, you know what? We can talk about. What, what, what else? About, talk about Matt Rule. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we'll, we'll finish on this. You know, what the hell did Matt Rule say? Well, I mean, yeah, he's probably wishing that he didn't sign up for a job if they told him it was a four-year plan and ended up being a two-year and five game plan. Like, that's tough. You had, you had two years to build a, a, a division winner. Yeah, and, and, and he's not wrong. Like, their defense is really good. Like, their defense does keep them in games. They're young on offense. They've improved on offense. Um, I mean, look at Deontay Foreman, how he's come around, or even Chuba Hubbard when he had his moments after McCaffrey left. Like, they can run the ball. Uh, Ikki Aquanu is, I think, going to be really good. Um, DJ Moore's a stud. Like they've got some pieces there. They really do. It's just, you know, they, they need to find the right, you know, quarterback, a consistent player at that spot and continue to build on the O-line and some playmakers. All right. I got a, I got a quick take on this and we'll get out of here. I think that Matt rule, I, I'm not supporting Matt rule here. I think what Matt rule did when he got fired and then immediately did this like media tour and was like, like really nice and dressed. To, like, like, did you hear the quote that Wilson read about, what Tepper said when, when rule was hired, huh? He goes, he goes, I love this guy. Cause he dresses like bleep and he sweats all over himself. <laughs> That's you sh- should definitely, that should not, not be like two prerequisites for hiring somebody. But, <laughs> um, but so like, um, like I think rule, I think rule was like out in Nebraska and they were like, man, we just can't like Trev can't justify this to the boosters. So he did the CBS sports network thing. And then he did the good morning football thing. And he was buttoned up and he was like, like articulate and eloquent. And everybody's like, Oh, this guy gets it. He knows how to lead people. Let's hire him. I think, I really think that put over the top. What I think is interesting though, is he said that the four to two year thing I've been saying for two years that when David Tepper found out you could trade for whether or not they were accurate, uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and eventually Sam Darnold, and then Baker Mayfield. He believed he could ex- he artificially accelerated the timeline for the Panthers to build what they wanted to do. Now, whether or not Matt Rule is building it correctly, I don't know. But I think Tepper's I think Tepper is the problem in Carolina, and I don't think it will get better. I mean, he's had a no bleep Sherlock thing. Yeah, I think every owner who meddles in a business that they know nothing about, they didn't earn their billions or their wealth from that, it's prob- It's a problem. Like, stop meddling in it. Like, you see owners a lot of times who are really active. There's few that really do a great job of understanding how to run an organization. Like, is there, either is there, is there one? I, I mean, I would say Robert Kraft does a good job. Yeah, but like, I mean, he gives it you all. You got Belichick, so like, is it really Robert Kraft involved? Yeah, like, Jerry Jones is not. Jerry, Jerry Jones only wants to be the GM so he can talk to the media. <laughs> yeah, and like Stephen yeah. is doing all the stuff in Will McClay. It's like Stephen and Will McClay are doing everything. Jerry's like, well, you know, like I, I don't know, like maybe we'll sign up look at this week, and like he's you know mosquitoes, little penis, and what you know, what you do, what you do. <laughs> Have you not heard him talk about mosquito penises? It's no, and I don't want to, but think about the Haslams too. Think about Jimmy and D Haslam. Like they moved on from coach after coach after coach, and it became Tepper is Haslam 2.0. Well, I mean, again, it, it's unfortunate if that's the, the track record they go because it's not just coaches who get canned and, and it's the assistants and it's the front office and it's it's the players too who get caught in the middle of it, right? Like you get a lot of players whose careers are just wasted away because they're not building towards anything significant or meaningful. And yet, you know, that's going to be the narrative, you know, surrounding them, you know, regardless of if, you know, they could have had a shot or 
They are good. Could be great. I, ironically, like Baker Mayfield has now been employed by multiple former Steelers minority owners, and Jimmy Haslam and and David Tepper. I mean, I think Baker's a pretty good player. Don't don't think he's played well throughout his entire career. He's had moments, but I, I again I go back to like it's probably more environment than it is player because you know you look at like his body of work outside of these spots. I don't know. I would just say this. If you give any quarterback that's drafted in the first round three full years of starting, the same offensive coordinator, you continue to build around him and you give him a number one wide receiver. Most guys aren't as talented as Josh Allen, so they're not going to look like that, but they're going to look like a starting quarterback. Yep. That, that I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. Or they'll, they'll at least, by year three, show you that they're not. And that's the problem is, you get too many organizations that in today's age do not want to actually commit. Like, I don't know that anyone knows what commitment needs means anymore in the NFL because they'll draft guys and move on from in a heartbeat. And it's like, can we not make snap judgments all the time? Like there are some guys who are uberly talented that will make you say, wow, but you got to give them time to develop. There are some guys who are like ready to make an impact right now, but the team around them is not. They have no protection. They have no one to throw to. They have all these other issues. So I, I just – that's the hard part about watching this is having gone through it, I know what it's like to lose a coach that drafted you and a general manager that drafted you. I know what it's like to have to run two systems in you know, three years and have two general managers in three years and all that right out of the gate. And I know how bad it stinks too to have the new head coach come in and, and basically let you know that you're not his guy and then still have to be there. Like that's a tough position to be in. Yeah. Uh, for any quarterback that's a part of that. Uh, well, we started with Zach Wilson. I guess we're wrapping on Zach Wilson because that's who we're talking about. I mean, guys, poor, I mean, he's even got the same coach, but what are you going to do? It is, uh, unfortunately, the NFL is an impatient business. Brady Quinn was very patient with us tonight. P- patient with me tonight. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, it's been good, man. It's been fun. It has been fun. You know, when you're this and you have a couple of toughies, it's fun. Yeah. Are I, you putting ice in here? No, that's, that's bourbon, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you had a toughie, my bad. No, no, I don't. I don't I'll put, I'll put a toughie up. There's a toughie. Uh, look, uh, back over here. Toughie, the little thing with you. There he is. There he is. All right. Brady Quinn, as always, buddy. A pleasure. Hey, happy belated Thanksgiving. Thank you for texting. Thank you for voicing. And the uh, shout out to the Helene Foundation. Yes. Great work. Big donation coming their way. Coming their way for Brady and Britson. See you guys later. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.